Hello, everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included. It is Thursday at 7 p.m. BST. It is bloody hot, and we're live on twitch.tv slash DNI stream. It's time for episode 11.2, In the Black, Freelancer Financials, 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 Money. There you go. See, I'm already screwing up. It's 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 a great thing. I'm Josie Howarth, and today I am joined by someone who is going to keep their script today because I really like the idea that their beard has a greater mass than the sum of all parts of the universe combined. Hi, Chris. Chris, hi, Josie. Thank you very much <laughs> for for that. Uh, I, I think we we're getting there. We're almost perfecting our intro. And uh, once again, you've outdone yourself with with my introduction. Uh, before we introduce our guest, a big hello to everyone in Twitch chat. Please do get involved with the show. If you've got any questions for Simon, um, we said we'll introduce him in a minute. If you've got any questions for Simon, please do pause them in chat, and we'll see if we can fit them in. Uh, comments are always welcome, and we may very well read anything out that you uh, write. Our guest today is Simon Young. Simon's an accountant, and before we skip, we, before you all skip this episode, I will do our best to, <laughs> to, keep, <laughs> to keep you all awake. I love that. Um, please introduce yourself, Simon, and give, uh, give our listeners a little bit of background. Hi, Chris. Thanks very much. Yes, my name's uh, Simon Young. Yes, I'm an accountant, and I did tell one of my brothers that when I start applying for accountancy jobs, you know I've got desperate. So here I am. <laughs> Um, seven years ago, I set up my own firm, Aesgarth Chartered Accountants, and uh, basically based here in um, sunny Leeds. Uh, we look after um, small owner-managed businesses, contractors, freelancers, etc., um, mainly in the Yorkshire area, but across across the country. Good stuff. If good it stuff. ain't in Yorkshire, it ain't worth seeing. <laughs> Is that the slogan <laughs> of Yorkshire? Yorkshire. <laughs> the slogan of Yorkshire Airlines. <laughs> For those who don't have any clue what I'm talking about, it's a little Britain skit. Oh, right. Oh, I knew I've heard it somewhere, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember. On. Sorry. Wait for <laughs> I you, Josie. I know, <laughs> but I just absolutely tickled myself pink with that. Well, anyway, so if you have questions, post them in the chat. We will try to fit them in, but always... As with every episode, we start out with the icebreaker question. This is a chance for us to peel back the brain skin and, you know, get into the squishy bits. Learn a little bit about each other and about our guest. So, are you guys ready for your icebreaker question today? Yes. No. Excellent. No. You have been forced to make a choice. Live out the rest of your life as a giant rodent or a tiny elephant. What would you pick and why? Guest honor once again. <laughs> Giant rodent or tiny elephant? Tiny elephant, more lovable. Aww. Also, more, uh, probably even more um, at risk of being extinct as well. Especially <laughs> so we cared for and looked after, and, you know, somebody would uh, take me in and feed me and water me and, uh, yeah, generally look after. You'd have me. a good memory. <laughs> yes. I, I'm really curious as to what Chris's answer is going to be for this. Well, because I'm curious if it's going to be the same as mine. I'm going to say giant rodent. Well, it has to be the same as me or Simon, doesn't it? Because we're going to say different things. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say giant rodent. Now, there's a caveat to this. It would have to be a giant guinea pig. For the uh, but because they're not quite rodents, they're cavies, guinea pigs. They're uh, kind of in the same area. Um, but again, cuteness. I think a massive guinea pig. You would be able to properly cuddle it. Because I love cuddling guinea pigs, they give you so much love, but a massive one, I mean, when you say giant, how big are we talking? Does it matter? <laughs> like, giant, rodents of unusual size. Of elephant size. Pride -like. Giant of an elephant size. <laughs> uh, yeah. Guinea pig of an elephant. Yeah, I'd, I'd still do that. Definitely. More cuddleable. Yeah, see, for me, I would also go rodent, but I want to be more like the capybaras. So, Well, they me, are giant guinea pigs. Thing. They are giant guinea pigs. I would love to be a massive giant capybara and I'd love to just sit there under a waterfall and just let water just pound down on me. And then like lay down and just chat with all of the things that would potentially eat me, but <laughs> nothing does because I'm a capybara and capybaras don't care. Just put just put capybara in, in the bath in on YouTube. You'll have it seen is it. one of the greatest oh, things to watch. Wonderful. I follow the subreddit about capybaras because I am so obsessed with them. But Ethercall from chat says tiny elephant just because cute as cute can be. 
a little a little like tiny little flappy ears a little tail swishing oh see it's a, it's a nice icebreaker question nothing horrible it's lovely this week i feel all squishy and lovely inside so yes <laughs> onto the subject onto this week's subject freelancer financials uh, let's start with the basic question simon something very basic why on earth did you decide to be an accountant <laughs> <laughs> Why well, put yourself through that pain? <laughs> <laughs> no, it kind of goes through the family. Both my grandfathers were accountants. Um, I've got an uncle who's an accountant. One of my brothers is. It's kind of ingrained. And I didn't think I could be a salesperson and uh, lie about how wonderful a product was and, and all of that. So uh, You see, even if a product was wonderful, I don't think I could be a salesperson. I, I, if, I, I may very well have become an accountant, even though I'm not very good with numbers. I'd probably, it's probably the kind of job I would have done if I hadn't fallen into programming, to be honest. So, yes. Yeah. Mm, not me. <laughs> I avoid the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Screw that. I'm, I'm better with algebra, to be fair, but you you don't really use... I suppose you do use algebra a little bit in accountancy, but not in the Once same Once a respect. year, I'll sit down and do my simultaneous equations to work yeah. out a figure, but uh, yeah, it's uh, not often. <laughs> yeah. See, for me, when it comes to accounting, um, uh, I I tend to... I, I tend to, uh, because I'm, in the educational platform that I went through, you had to take accountancy courses um, because they wanted people to know what the heck things were. I can't get past the jokes. Double okay. entry, you know, like all of the horrible jokes that are there. I can't get past those things. And I am much, much happier. I, you guys say you couldn't do sales. I've done sales before. And I did sales for products that I believed in. And I will tell you what the number one secret to sales is. And it has nothing to do with the product. And it has absolutely everything to do with the enthusiasm in which you present it. Oh, yeah. No, well, the, the, same, the same applies. If, if the people think, I did absolutely brilliant at that door-to-door -door or cold calling. Good God, I'll never do that again. But I've done it. And all it takes is you going, oh, my God, hi, there is something really cool I have to tell you about. Oh, you have it. And all of a sudden, it's it's so different than... Yeah, hi, I'm calling you from like Suffolk and I want to talk to you about like the car accident that you were in. Like um, you were in a car accident, right? Uh, oh, oh, PPI, yeah, PPI. You, you, you obviously deserve PPI. It's like, come on. If you're going to do a cold call to me, bloody put some effort into it. Yeah, I think that, I mean, okay. it's the same thing when you're selling yourself as well in the interview process. The same kind of thing. If you sell yourself with passion and you, and you talk about what you're going to be doing, you know, or even selling yourself to a client, you know. Anyway, going off, off subject yes. here. Yes, so, yes, yes. Accountancy. Now, I'm actually very interested in accountancy. As much as I've been poking you for the last few days on, on social media and as much as, I, you know, my intro, intro, introduction's not uh, not the friendliest introduction I've done in the world, but it's still, I, I actually am really invested in my accountancy process. I have an accountant that does all of the... Mm paperwork all of the calculations all of the filing all of the stuff that that is needed and obviously they give me advice as well if i ever think things like can i claim for this on an expense or when you know that they tell me when my vat is due they tell me all of these things i value that service beyond everything but i also care about doing things right as well and i i mean i know a few accountants that have um nightmare clients that don't and i'm sure you do as well don't keep receipts they don't you know they don't keep a ledger they don't keep uh, an idea of what they've spent they don't claim their expenses properly they don't claim the expenses they could claim i, I, I mean we're not we're not actually going through any of the questions we've written down here i'm just kind of no, I, this because i'm going to I, I, I was going to say, before we go too, too far, we yeah, need yeah. to make something very clear. <laughs> Simon's an accountant in the UK. He's not an accountant in Russia or Egypt or the United States or Canada or anything else like that. I know for a fact that his clients deal with things internationally and things, but he is a UK-based accountant. So if he says something very specific, be aware of the fact that it might be very relevant to UK-specific things. Uh, massive disclaimer, you can't come at us with lawyers. Suck <laughs> it. Okay. And, <laughs> and also, if you... Disclaimer, what I say relates to today, which is the 4th of July, 2019. We might have a change of government, change of what prime minister, whatever... All the rules could change. Can I can I just can I just say we will have a change of government and we will have a change of legislation as well because I used to run a recording studio and I had a accountant um, trainer 
who came to my uh, corner studio and he did audio books for training. And every single year, I got loads of business from him because he had to go back and alter every single one of the modules that we recorded. We had like 15, 16 modules, and they were four or five hours long each. So it changes every year, this stuff, constantly. It absolutely does. Um, Two questions for you, and they're kind of combined together. I want to start out with what questions do you wish people would ask their accountants before picking up an accountant? And Ethercall wants to know from chat, how you advise clients to look into the future rather than just month to month. Like, you know, big businesses seem to be able to plan massively for the future. What about the tiny little people? So there's two massive questions in there. So you get to pick which one you want to tackle first and we'll go from there. The first first question about what what question a, a potential client should ask their potential accountant. I think I would ask them, why did your last client leave you? Um, and just get an idea if, yeah, some, perhaps some negativity about that counter. Because, you know, you, you talked earlier, Chris, about, you know, selling ourselves to our clients. We're wonderful. We can do this. We can do that. We can do the other. But, you know, why did someone leave? Why did someone decide that you weren't the right accountant for them? It's like, um, that's again, that's a good interview question to ask a candidate. This yeah. is very similar. Into, you want to be interviewing your yeah. accountant. You want to know why, what their strengths and weaknesses are. No, totally. It, when you meet them for the first time, it is, it's a two-way interview. They need to find out information about you so they can advise you properly but you, and see whether you're the right sort of client for them. But you need to interview them, quiz them to make sure they're the right accountant for you. Definitely. Um, because we are live, unfortunately, I can't send you a message separately, but can you um, stop banging your table? Because you're making quite a lot of oh, banging it, noises. I appreciate I the, uh, the passion, but <laughs> it's making a, a banging noise. So. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, so what was the other question, Josie? It was your question, wasn't it, that you posed? Yeah, but my, I was curious because usually, um, you know, you have things like what kind of account you should look for. It's never what you should ask your accountant. So I was just curious what he had to say there. And um, Ethercall says, how do you advise your clients on how to look in years into the future rather than say on a month to month basis, like big businesses seem to be able to do? Like big businesses seem to be able to plan and do all kinds of forward looking things. And yet small businesses and even just individuals themselves seem to have this sort of month to month, um, I'm stuck kind of attitude or or something but that's a difference in nature between a small enterprise and a large plc they're the the large oil tankers they can't move swiftly they can't it takes them ages to turn they need to look that far in advance whilst um the small companies i mean if a new rule got introduced tomorrow well you know next week we could we could adapt to it because we're lean we're dynamic so I don't really perhaps advise clients to look too much far in advance, but they do need to look in advance with their cash. One of the things we'll probably be talking about later on is just the difference between when somebody's self-employed or has their business, when they pay their tax compared to an employee. So they, they need to think about those sorts of things. They need to think about their pension because there isn't a nice big employer putting loads of money into a pension. So if they want to, th- one thing they do have to think about long-term is, what happens when they get too old to work? What are they going to do? So they're the sorts of issues I want clients to think about. Rules that may get introduced in three years' time, I'm, I'm not really that bothered. I want to know about what rules are coming in the next month, six months, 12 months. I like the idea of being lean and dynamic ship, being little speedboats yep. in the accounting highway. Or the uh, Oh, God, it makes me think of Monty Python's accounting <laughs> pirates. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's not the introduction to um uh, the meaning of life it's the very first scene isn't it yeah yeah. i've only seen that a few times so good so good so good okay go ahead chris so um one thing that i think is worth saying is that um one thing i didn't do when i first started my company was i i had i now have something called a war chest i have money sat there in case of a rainy day. I've had times where I've not had any work for six months, for nine months, market reasons, being lazy. There have been all kinds of reasons that I've not had work for a certain period of time. And it's also nice to to know that I can pay my staff and I can pay myself when 
I don't have work for a few weeks, you know, and not have to worry about it either. It's not just planning for your future. It's also, it's building up this, this tank of money that can, you know, that can help us. And also in the instance where you make a mistake with your accounting, because I've done it a few times, even I've been given great advice and stuff, but I've accidentally done something wrong in my ledger. I've paid myself, I've accidentally given myself a director's loan or something like that. And I've, I've paid for that and I've had to, you know, use some of my money that I've saved up. So it's it's definitely worth keeping, you know, a war chest. Um, and the smaller the company, I think the more more money you better you have that you have there. <laughs> it's feast or famine with the with the with the tiny people. I mean, it makes no like I am at least thankful that it's not like we're trying to uh, at least in our case, Chris, because both of us are developers, we work in a code environment. Uh, we work with almost intangibility when it comes to products, et cetera, et cetera. I feel bad for the small companies that have to find, um, you know, people who manufacture things for them or they're dealing with honest to goodness stock. Mm. Um, in our particular cases, uh, we have the flexibility, at least in my case, because of the hosting side of the things that I do, I have the flexibility to spin up and spin down servers as needed or spin up, spin down load balancers as needed. I have, <laughs> I like this whole lean side of things. I'm a lean company being able to literally shift on a month to month basis based on what my needs are, what my clients needs are. Whereas if you start dealing um, on, you know, people who have to physically put in server racks, and I'm talking like the big bad IT companies and the big bad developer companies, you start dealing with tangibility in a level that is um, <clears throat> scary to me. The more, the more assets that you have, uh, the more things that uh, exist within your company, the more risk you have, or the more employees you have, the more risk you have. Being small, being lean, there's just me and my wife, for example. My wife is officially my PA. She does do work for me. She gets paid, you know, a, a part-time wage to do that work. And th that's it, you know, if if something goes wrong. But if I ever decide to expand and get another employee, I then have to think about their mortgage as well. So, again, I think that goes back to having a war chest for me. It's, 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 it's so this, scary. Yeah, I don't want to be I imagine. responsible for other people. And yet that's exactly what we do. It's so, it's so different when, you know, a client comes to me and is like, hey, you know what, can you do me a favor and take care of these particular problems? Like, yeah, no problem. And then it's like, hey, I need to bring on a contractor. I need to bring on an employee. And I'm like, oh, my God, will they be able to feed their kids? Like, it's it's there's a different sort of feel to that kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... When businesses start, you say yes to everything, don't you? And then you think, oh my goodness, I said yes. How on earth am I going to deliver that? That's a good problem to have, though. That is <laughs> often a good problem to have, as long as you've set your, you know, you've not set your rates too low, because that, again, does yes. happen to uh, the more ex less experienced. Yes. Actually, this is a really good segue into the whole concept. Um, when should someone start a company? Like, where should the line be? Like, for example, for me, I started out doing what I do as partial hobby. And then I went, screw it, I'm a company because I need to make certain I pay the tax man because I get terrified of the idea of not paying the tax man. So I said, I'll make a company because it makes it easier to keep everything in one place. It puts all of the stuff together, yada, yada. That was my decision making. And from there, I went, I now have a company. <gasps> the world is my oyster. I shall do the things, all of the things, at which point it was yes to everything. And now I'm, I'm very picky, a lot more picky than I used to be. Um, but... Do you have advice for people who are trying to make that transition? Like, do you have sort of questions you want or hope people would ask themselves before they sign that HMRC thing or in the United States, the forms and things they do? I know I know so many people that are scared to take that step as well. Not necessarily just like yes. become a perm from a perm to a contractor in my instance, but just start a company. They're so scared of that entire process. They think it's really elaborate. But Simon, tell us how easy it is. It's extremely easy to set up a company. You can do it yourself. You can pay me to do it for you or, or other providers. It's, it is really straightforward, very simple. There are lots of different reasons why you would want a company. Yes, tax, you can save some money by being having it go through a, a company. That's just the way that 
in the UK, the rules are there's nothing we can do about it. They can moan about it, but that's what the rules they've set. And the level actually is quite low. But there's other reasons why you might want a company limited liability. So um, what that means is if something goes wrong, and unless you as a director can be personally held responsible, the problem stays with the company. If the company goes bust, the debts you know, are in the company. No, no one's going to come after you and your house unless you've signed a personal guarantee. Also, who are you going to trade with? Lots of large companies prefer to deal with limited companies as opposed to sole traders, um, because especially in the UK, a sole trader could potentially get employee rights if they've stayed working, contracting with you know, one company for a long time. So it's, it, and then we might get onto IR35 later, but it, <laughs> But if, you know, it just makes life easier for, from a large company's point of view. If they're dealing with a, a company, they can check you up on company's house. It, it kind of feels like a proper business. Mm. Mm. <coughs> and and, and that, that is definitely the case case with me as well. I, I most of my clients will not even look at me unless I had a limited company. Mm. But I also get requests. Um, I, I always turn them down because it's not my model. Um, but I get requests for me working through an umbrella company as well, which is a completely different thing. Yes, I'm not a the fan of The sound of that just scares me. Oh. It's, it's just it's the sound of it seems, for lack of a better term, because we're dealing with umbrellas, shady. Oh. Well, no, I think it is shady. But I'm bummed. I think it's totally shady, but it's, again, it's, it's where the IR35 rules are pushing people. Yeah. Um, be, because you can... I could, I could put an advert out and say, right, I want 20 or so people who have this type of um, sort of IT expertise to be part of an umbrella company or whatever. They've never met each other, but suddenly they're all directors of a company. They're all shareholders of a company. That's an unreal situation. There's no way I'd want to be a director of a company with somebody I've never met. But with an umbrella company, you could set it nicely up like that. Then you can meet um, sort of you know, a, a lot of the rules, you know, um, so substitution, if you can't do it, there's another 19 people in the company who you could substitute or uh. get, you know, so, and whilst, you know, some IT, you know, some co umbrella companies in the past have been very strong at pushing dodgy tax schemes out of the Isle of Man and elsewhere and lending money, in inverted commas, mm -hmm. when it's really employment, you know, income and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of umbrella companies. No, but the, again, it, I mean, the, I think I think uh, what we need to do, Simon, is get you in again in the future and talk about IR35 in a lot more detail because it is a whole subject in, unto itself very relevant it really is. and there's Ooh. a lot of people who are listening who wouldn't have a clue what we're talking about but it is it runs my life it really there's a constant shadow a cloud above my head of this ir35 legislation even though i am well and truly outside it most of say most i can't remember ever being inside it put it that way um but that I doesn't mean i'm not exempt but that well, does... and at the moment they're they're going through a and again in inverted commas consultation yes. where we know by next April there's going to be new rules for medium and large companies and it'd be probably exactly like the public sector is nowadays. So yes, yeah. it's 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 moving, and before April next year, people in the UK need to be aware of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, we'll, we'll get you in before April, definitely, to talk about IR35. <laughs> so back yes. onto the general business accounting stuff. Let's yes, uh, try yes. and keep keep us uh, focused on that. I, I know I'm just as bit guilty for getting into this because it's a real passion of mine, that, it's, that particular it's a, area. It's a passion target. Oh, yeah, right, it really is. Um, El Gordino, um, who <laughs> hurts too, it has uh, his own little uh, partnership going with um, people and his own little small company. Um, asks, what's a good way to get accounting advice if you can't afford to retain an accountant on an ongoing basis? I'm actually going to throw out a really interesting statement, then I'll let Simon say what he wants to say. Accountants, accountants on retainership are not as expensive as you think they are. They're not. They aren't. And a lot, I, if you choose a good accountant, they should be able to cater to what it is you need them to do. If you need them to, like in Chris's my cases, I think we both sort of agreed when it came to our accountant, 
you handle all of the stuff. Just let me know what to fill out. And then I can get back to doing what it is I do and what I love to do. If you're Whereas if... someone else might want them to just file their VAT for them, or someone might want them to just handle their self-assessment for them. Accountants can work with you, but it is nowhere near as expensive as you think it is. That's my personal takeaway from it. But. And there's some great variations out there as well. I actually had some quotes for exactly what I'd get done by my current accountant, who are a contractor specialist accountant, but do other they do other accounting as well, you know, full full business accounting. And I got some official chartered accountant um, quotes, and they, it was in the region of ten to fifteen times more expensive than what I currently played, paid. So do your research, find out you know what's suitable for you, and don't necessarily. I mean, I don't I have no idea what Simon charges. I'm Sure, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I'm, and the people, the people who gave me that quote are a perfectly legitimate accountancy and very good at what they do, but just wasn't suitable for me considering what I need from them. You know, and, and different don't people be... want different things. Yeah, and, and different locations. Uh, yeah. So um, I remember one day having a phone call from a client, and he he asked me a question gave him the answer and he said you're right I've spent all morning googling and researching that answer well it took me two seconds to reply to him so was that a good use of his time when he could have been earning money he could have been looking after his clients but yes he so to go back to your question you know if where do you go if you if you can't afford it you know can you afford not to is it not more efficient for you to look after your customers grow your business and not worry about the admin and the taxes. <laughs> I I hundred percent agree. You know, find the accountant that's right for you. But it's, it's, get it's quotes. Like why would someone come to your company? You know, they're looking for your specialty. They're looking for your expertise. And in my personal opinion, it's it's the same thing. I mean, if I need some kind of help working on a contract, I'm going to look for a lawyer. I don't speak legalese. You know, I want to make certain that if I put a, a phrase into my contract, that it is a phrase that could work in the contract. I do not want to sit there and go, oh, because I worded that ambiguously, ambig amb ambiguously, ambig and, uh, words that involve vagadity, uh, va being vague, whatever. Great. I'm just grateful of those today. You know, it's it's like go for the speci specialist, but you can also almost... um. Uh, I hate saying this because I don't want to say to, you know, don't take on an accountant on retainership, but you can almost, in most cases, find an accountant that is one, local, this is my big advice, you want to be able to walk into the bloody door where your accountant is and sit there and go either, what the hell was this, or calm me down because I'm confused, or, you know, what have you. Being able to do that is a big thing too, it also supports your local businesses and what are they? They're small businesses like you. At least that's the way I look at it. I mean, if you're going for big accountancy firms, congratulations. But I, I like having the sort of relationship with the accountant. But at the same time, you also uh, want to make certain that you're getting the help that fits you. Do you need them to take care of your paychecks? Or do you need them to only do your self-assessment or your business returns or your VAT returns? Or like, do you just need them to occasionally confer with you about, you know, currency exchanges? You could bespoke your plan. And any accountant worth their salt, in my personal opinion, would but at least hear you out. Does not necessarily mean that accountant or accountancy platform would have the ability to fit you in as a client. Hmm. Just like you as someone who is a, a contractor may not be able to fit in someone who wants you to work for them because your your schedule is full or something like that, but they should be able to hear you out. And I would rather err on the side of caution. I, I agree with everything you just said. That. And I am a big believer. I've, I've always had an accountant of some description for all of my businesses, historically. I've had bad accountants and I've had great accountants. Uh, currently, I've got a great accountant. You know, I did see if there were better accountants out there to, to, and just to dip my toe in the water, but for what I'm getting, I'm paying a good price for me, extremely good, in fact, and I'm very happy with it. So what my advice personally is shop around, find the right one. Simple as that. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with that. It has to be the right accountant for you. Some people like these um, 
sort of online only accountants, but I've met a lot of people who get very upset because they can't contact anybody. There's no one to respond. But if you're intelligent and you know how to use their apps and you've got the time and the effort to go through it all, then they might be the right people for you. But I did meet someone who gave me a, a P60, his end of tax year salary that said nil because he hadn't filled in the app and they just reproduced what he put in. He'd put nothing in, he got nothing out. My heart breaks yeah. at the concept. I One of the most terrifying fears I think um, I have personally is that my company has done something wrong, not because I'm out to get the government power to the people, you know, throw down the tax revolt, throw the T outside, and there's my only reference for July 4th you're going to get. Um, it's more a matter of ignorance. It's the, it is absolutely unequivocally impossible possible for me to understand and follow all the rules, the regulations, and the changes, and the things that are going on, and help the clients and do what I love to do and why I set up a company in the first bloody place. It's like, it's like, try it, like, as a, as a decent analogy for us, at least, it's like a C-sharp de developer trying to learn and put together a front-end JavaScript app if they've got no experience in it whatsoever. What is the point <laughs> in trying to do that when you can hire somebody to do that job for you who's much better at it, who has the experience, and who has the insider knowledge and should, by rights, in fact, legislatively, legislatively <laughs> today is the day for words um, <laughs> basically it is it is simon's job that i mean i'm assuming you're you're a chartered accountant so you have yes. to keep up to date with the legislation you have to pass exams on a regular basis in order to keep you know to to run your business to actually provide your services to your clients am i right yeah, there? I'm, I'm right Continuing professional development every year i have to sign off to institute of chartered accountants in england and wales i've kept myself up to date and if they ever come out and visit, you know, I have to give, you know, prove to them what I've done and everything else like that. So yes, that's, that's all true. But unfortunately, anybody can um, trade as an accountant, whether they're a turf accountant or whatever, it's, it's not a protected phrase, anybody Ooh. can set up tomorrow and put accountant over the door. Really? I did are. not know that. I thought that was the case. Do your research oh, people. Yeah. It's the same thing like if you're going out looking for a developer. If you're coming at me for website or you're coming at me for marketing or if you're going at Chris for, you know, bespoke app development or APIs or whatever, if you're coming at us, do your bloody research. <laughs> it really is important. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's that's honestly that's news to me. I thought accountancy was protected. I thought you had to do all of these no. things. My wife's a physiotherapist and no one else is allowed to call themselves a physiotherapist in the UK unless you're a member of the Chartered, you know, chartered Physiotherapy, but anybody can call themselves an accountant. It's just the way it is. Wow. Yes, do your research. I stress this because it is a money thing. In fact, even better, Ethercall has a question here that actually works in perfectly with this. Scenario, person decides to create a small business. Could be IT, arts, design, anything. They, they decide to start a small business. Is there a simple way to find out what accountants are out there and are worth their salt or the money? Because making money is a minefield with so much to take in, a bit like check a trade or something along those lines. I mean, there's lots of different websites that try and, you know, um, oh, you know I can't remember some of their names, but where, where you can have a list of accountants and lawyers and they're approved or they're, you know, they're trusted or whatever. But a lot of those are just the names that are higher up on the list are paid the money. You know, so I'm constantly getting phone calls saying, oh, you know, do you want to be on this website? And, you know, everybody's on it has been vetted and whatever else. And, you know, it all sounds like a good idea. And then you get to the money and they, they want to just charge you loads of money. So just be careful. This actually is very synonymous with something that happens in the United States and also here in the UK. There are organizations that you as a business can chuck money at and they will give you seals and things that you can apply to your company to say that you have a certain set of things. For example, in the United States, the Better Business Bureau. Yes, people can complain to the Better Business Bureau about you as a company and your ratings could change, but 99% of people will not do that. But you will pay them a fee and have a little thing that says, I'm A-rated on Better Business Bureau 
Or um, you could sit there and say, hey, I'm a member of the IEEE. I am a member of the IEEE, but what bearing and purpose does this have on me and my skill set? Anyone can pay for a membership with the IEEE. It's a professional membership thing. It's the same thing with the ACM as well, which is another sort of IT organization. Um, but that kind of a thing is very, very, very common in the United States. I see a little bit of it here, but if someone, it, heck, if you're getting someone to do your like, um, your landscaping for you or something like that, and on their website, they have like 50,000 things that say, I'm a member of this, I'm a member of that, do research on it. How does one become a member? Is it just paid? Because if so, what's the purpose? All they've done is paid someone to advertise for them because that's technically what it is, is marketing. So I think the answer to Ethical's question is no, not that we are aware of. <laughs> However, I personally think word of mouth. That's the best way to find an accountant. Hmm. No? Okay. Hmm. I have been through accountants, okay? I... Full disclosure, people, Simon is my accountant. And I love him to bits and pieces. So when you see me chatting on Twitter about having like the best accountant in the world, but um, I, when I first set up my company, I asked a friend, you know, who do you recommend? Because they had set up their own company. Uh, they were very happy with things. And I went with their choice because word of mouth. I made the mistake of not doing enough due diligence. I made a mistake of not... Uh, of being so, uh, I made the mistake of being so scared to set up the company myself for making mistakes and everything else like that, that I didn't do the research that I should have. And I found myself in an exceptionally precarious position. Do I blame my friend for this? No, because I can guarantee they probably had a really good experience. Um, however, they were, uh, they recommended more an agency type thing. And then when I got into serious trouble and I was looking for help, this tiny little voice comes out of the darkness and I find a single individual who is very near me, who if I wanted to, I could walk in and, you know, throw pictures of cats at them. <laughs> this is a common thing here. Um, but I can have conversations with them and I can get a clear cut answer and I'm happier. But Simon didn't come to me word of mouth. Simon came no. to me because I reached out in a panic on Twitter. And the other individual, the other accountant came out to me. But again, I stress, I was so afraid of making mistakes that I didn't know what to ask. I didn't like, oh my God, flat rate VAT, regular VAT, not VAT. What? Hmm. Yes, my, mine has changed recently as well. I used to be flat rate, but I'm not anymore. And it's, it's, it's a take a hit for it. But anyway, it was a benefit we had. Um, right, so shall we move on? Shall we move on to the next yes. uh, next question? So <laughs> we've got quite a lot of uh, chat questions in. We've we've got our own questions for Simon as well. So um, we've, we've briefly talked about incorporating a business. We've briefly talked about uh, that it's not that expensive, but what costs are actually involved in incorporating a business? Well, if you want to do it yourself, you go, you, you log on to Companies House website, you check your name, it's just all your own time and effort there, then you have to pay a Companies House fee, which is, I don't know, about £12 or something. If you go via an accountant, we've, or um, a company formation agent, it will be a lot more, mm -hmm. because at the end of the process, we have to sign off to say that we have verified who our client is we followed all the anti-money laundering rules and and everything else like that. so we have to put more time and effort in but i guarantee if i set up a company for anybody it's set up right it's set up correctly i can tell you about instances where clients have contacted me after they've set the company up and you just look at it and say well why have you done it like that or you know there's there's one guy who went him two friends and his granddad have put some money into the company and he's tried to get the share capital to equal the money that's put in, but the share mm -hmm. percentages they want are different. You can't do that with shares. He should have yeah. set it up with loans and everything else like that. And I'll give him a quote for sorting it out, which it would, well, probably would have been cheaper for me to do the whole thing in it, at the beginning. But there are other people I could in, you know introduce you to mention who have done it perfectly correctly. It's, yeah. it, you know, it's, but a lot of people just like, you know, perhaps as Josie's just, you know, get somebody to do it. You pay for it. 
you know it's right. If it's wrong, you know who to sue. You know who to, you know, just just to deal with. <laughs> who to sue? Happy July Fourth. <laughs> um, so American on culture, an, on an ongoing basis, then. Um, not necessarily the accountancy fees, because again, they vary depending on the accountant, but in terms of your ongoing fees to run a business. So say you wanted to incorporate a limited company, there's just one person, just you, maybe you and a partner, possibly. Um, no employees, no anything, just a very small business. What fees would you expect to pay to HMRC and various other bodies, if there are any other bodies, um, on a regular basis? Well, there's loads. So. If you're a limited company, you ha there's two documents you have to file every year at company's house. One of them is a confirmation statement. It lists, it, it confirms that the directors are, per company's house are correct, that the shareholders, the persons of um, influence and everything else like that, they're the same. It, there's um, a 13 pound filing fee, or you can get your accountant to pay for it. And you also have to file a set of accounts. Mm -hmm. Technically, you could do it yourself, but most people will get an accountant. Don't do it yourself. No. <laughs> Don't do it yourself. <laughs> I've got a client who's a chartered accountant. He's an interim FD, financial director. He doesn't do it himself because that's not the accountancy that he specializes in. You know, he's the most perfect books I've ever seen, but he still gets, you know, myself to, to put everything in the correct statutory order. Um, so you've got those responsibilities and... Taxes, you've got anything from the Information Commissioner's Office, whether it's, you know, to pay for that so you can keep people's personal details. You've got taxes if you're VAT registered every quarter. Usually you've got a VAT return to file and you have to pay that tax. Because of making tax digital, you've got to record all your transactions electronically and find a way of getting the information to the VAT office without you know retyping it using APIs. But so you probably need to get an accounts package. If it's an online one, you've got a monthly fee for all of that. Now, uh, are all, no, we know that VAT, uh, the confirmation statement and, and, and filing fees, these aren't necessary if you're a sole trader. No. Just your self-assessment, really. If you're a sole trader, you could still be that registered. You won't Absolutely. have anything to do with company's house. Um, but yes, as a sole trader, you get taxed on all the profits, regardless of whether you've taken that money out. Yeah. Um, and so if the business is really growing, you're getting taxed at 40%, the company would only be taxed at 19%. But yes, the company has corporation tax, but you as a director shareholder, you'll still get taxed on the income that you've taken out of, you know, the company's bit of salary, dividends, you know, whatever you know revenue strategy you know, you've devised with your accountant yeah so i did cut you off there is there any other um costs then on an ongoing basis so we said vat corporation tax um again corporation tax is based on how much you've earned uh, well the, it's, it's based on the profits, of the profits of the company you probably need i would advise a client to have um, an annual payroll in the uk if you have a certain size salary which this year is going to be eight thousand six hundred and something you get national insurance record which Goes, which adds up to your state pension. You need to get is it thirty-five years, you know, uh, of record. So, yep. you need to run a, a payroll. Whether you get your accountant to do it or whether you go on, you know, f find a free one like HMRC do it themselves, or you know, there are those sorts of costs. Whether it's an admin cost or a time cost of getting someone else to do it whilst you're working and looking after your clients. There's a whole lot of bureaucracy basically when you start your own. Allow company. me to just say. Get someone else to do yeah. it, unless now, you are an accountant. The thing is, get someone else to do it. I've been I've been running my own company for <laughs> multiple companies over the years. I've been a sole, sole trader for very low income projects. I've been uh, a limited company director a number of times. Now I'm a limited company director, and I make a decent amount of money. So I there's there's absolutely no way in hell that I pay more would pay less tax. Than I pay my accountant, if you know what I mean. The the benefit of having an accountant to do all of my paperwork for me and all, and do it all properly. I mean, I've I've never had a, my accountant do anything wrong. I've done things wrong, but my accountant hasn't done things wrong. And it doesn't happen very often. It's just occasionally there's something you know I miss something or I make a payment. Apply and to the wrong account. Yeah, something like yeah. that. It's nothing. Any. It's it's a mistake. And every time there's, it's been rectified. For example, my accountant saved me around about two thousand, three thousand pound tax last year 
just by jumping through some hoops, all legal, everything was perfectly fine, but it's because I paid myself in the wrong order or I paid over what I should have paid and then they just reallocated it. it again, not going to go into detail, it's not particularly relevant, but the accountant saved me a significant amount of money and that's on top, including their fees. So it makes total sense. There's never a reason if you're making... Well, actually, Simon, how, how much do you think someone needs to be making to validate the inclusion of an uh, sorry validate the creation of a limited company and the inclusion of an accountant the actual fee to save tax is actually extremely low um so at profits of fourteen thousand eight hundred ten pounds there's no difference between the tax you would pay as a sole trader with national insurance and income tax and the total taxes for corporation tax and you wouldn't have any of them personally to pay the tax is exactly the same but then you've got the cost of running a company it is more expensive to run a company than it is to be a sole trader mm-hmm. and it's your intentions if if you're going to do a six-month contract and then go back to paid employment i wouldn't set a company up um, unless, you have, unless you have to unless you have to or use an umbrella uh, but don't use an umbrella <laughs> Yes, you've heard it from all of us. Leave the umbrella Ella Ella Ellas alone. Rihanna. <laughs> but yes, ha- ha- having a company, you can close it down after a few months, but it's, you know, the record's still there. People will want to know why you've closed it down. So if, if you only need a company for a short period of time, I would question whether that's the best cost-effective thing to do. But also you need a counter as well as for... You know, sorting out all these taxes, there's deadlines. As soon as you're in business, you know, if you've got a company, you have to file a set of accounts nine months after the year end. You've got corporation tax to pay nine months and a day after the year end. Corporation tax return has to be filed within 12 months. Personal self-assessment has to be filed by the 31st of January. If you get into the delights of payments on account for you personally, you've got tax to pay in January and in the end of July. Oh, payments on account. Oh, that's that's my RTFM. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Actually, speaking of, uh, this is actually a really good segue. Now, I have to comment because I I feel Ethercall should have himself said. um, Eth has a whole lot of questions here, and we are bringing Simon back by crook or by hook. He will be here again. Um, But he says, so you get taxed on profits, you get taxed on wages, you get taxed on purchases in some cases, you get taxed on selling said purchases. There's something wrong. Oh, and forget you also get taxed for owning things too. Um, all I'm going to say is T push ocean. <laughs> okay, you just can't help it, can you? You're the your American it's, references. It's it's July Fourth. You know, it's one of those things where if you're in America, you know, I hope you guys are having a good, you know, fireworks, barbecues, gun toting thing, whatever, and you know, go, however go you play, want to look at it. Go and play if you're in Creed the UK, congratulations for not having to pay tax for a colony. And if you're anybody else, I'm really sorry. It's Thursday and it must feel like you're being inundated with red, white, and blue and and all the other stuff that goes with it. But yeah. If so. I hadn't spoken it to is... you, Josie, I wouldn't have realized, to be fair. <laughs> it hasn't even occurred That's... to me today. It's so funny because when I first moved over here to the United Kingdom, my mother-in-law held a July 4th party. Actually, it was during my the, my first visit here before she was my mother-in-law. She's like, we wanted you to feel at home by having a July 4th party. And that is when I learned from the British people that they were really damn glad to get rid of America <laughs> so they didn't have to pay taxes on them anymore. <laughs> and I was just like, Damn, that is some clapback. But anyway, it is time for RTFM. Our RTFM is the part of the show where we actually just get a chance to vent and get something off of our chests so that we can breathe and let it go and be zen. Obviously, Chris has one. I do. Absolutely. I'll go first. I'm happy to go first for once. Right. Payments on account. Right, again, Simon might have to correct the exact semantics here, but as far as I remember, I had to pay payments on account for the first time either last year or the year before. You might want to explain payments on account. So that's what I'm just about to do. So so basically, previous to that that time, um, I pay myself a wage and dividends, which is a standard model for most directors of most companies that have an accountant who advises them to do it this way because you essentially... 
you get taxed at 10% on dividends and then you get a rebate for 10% on dividends. You don't, that doesn't happen anymore. As of a few years ago, they changed it. So you're, you get taxed 7.5% at the lower rate and then it goes up to 30 odd percent. Then it goes up to 50 odd percent or 48 percent or something like that. Can't remember exactly. Again, Simon probably knows the figures off by heart, but what happened is that year, this is actually one of the mistakes that I made. I thought I was saving all of my tax for the year. <clears throat> um, I, I thought I was being clever and I thought, right, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this change. I'm going to start getting taxed a load of extra money, put it away. Now the payments on account came along and you have to pay in advance for the year after. So the first time I pay my, my payments on account, I pay, let's say for example, I got taxed a thousand pounds, right? For the full year, I have to pay a thousand pounds plus a thousand pounds for next year. So if it's five thousand pounds, you have to pay ten thousand pounds the first year, and then you have to pay the next year in staggered amounts or something like that. I, I might be slightly off there, but it was it was either way. I had to pay way more tax than it. How the hell could I have cut cut? cut uh, if I was on the breadline, you know, if my tax was just enough, uh, how the hell am I going to be able to afford to pay tax in the future and then get a rebate if I didn't earn as much the year after? If you know what I mean? Am I, am I even right, anywhere close to right with that? That's the way it felt to me that I was I was getting asked to pay preemptive tax for things that I hadn't earned yet. Now, you're, you're, you're more or less right. I... I like to sit a new client in front of me so I can see their eyes when I explain payments on account because it gets a bit hairy. Essentially, <laughs> once your self-assessment tax is £1,000 or more and you have to pay that in the January after the tax year, you, get, you then have to pay another 50% for the current year and the following July you pay the other 50%. If you've you earned get... enough. and then Otherwise, you get a rebate or you don't have to pay the full 50%. You can ask for your payments account to be reduced, but if that's wrong, they charge you interest. Yeah. I don't, what, why? Why do I have to pay for the next year? What's wrong with okay. your HMRC? It was, it, was a, it was a great way for the government to get more money up front without putting up taxes, just accelerating the, the due dates. The only way I can compare this for people who don't have companies is think of how you pay your gas and your electric. You know, yeah. unless you're on a pay to go kind of model, you are paying well in advance and well over what you should for months where you're not using your gas, but, yeah. but you're doing it because it levels the playing field. That's what I think they wanted to do. But the reality is it was just a cash grab. But it, that, the particular year that it went wrong. It was wrong, paying for the duck moat. What? <laughs> is this another you, July the 4th thing? No, no, this MP's was expensive. the parliament here. There was a person who paid oh. using their, their the money that they basically freaking stole money from the government to build a moat yep. for their duck house. Yep, That's what it that. was. It was a cash grab for the duck house moat. I just, I, when it happened to me at the same time, I, I somehow didn't, I can't remember exactly what went wrong now, but everything went to pot within my account. I paid way too much tax or too little tax. I ended up giving myself a director's loan by accident and said my accountant thankfully got me out of it and stopped me having to pay sort of way too much tax. I still had loads more tax to pay because of the uh, the changes in legislation, but it's still, and now they're changing it again and we're going to get more and more tax and, you know, it's just... You know, on. there is something to be said though and I... I absolutely love my accountant, but you know, that's without saying. I wouldn't have my accountant now if I didn't like him, especially with the trouble I had with my other one. But anyway, one of the things that I have found interesting is that um, you can go through and you can have certain accounts filed and things like that. And if there is a mistake, there is actually a way to report, I made a mistake. Oh, yeah. And in the United States, it's not that nice. It's not that kind. Well, everybody has to do kind of a self-assessment type thing over there, don't they? They all have to file their own taxes. Well, sort of. Uh, there, There's Different. all kinds of crazy great things over there. And, you know, they push the tea out so that they could avoid paying taxes Stop without going representation. Stop going on about the bloody tea. Uh, they don't even drink it. I feel sorry for the ocean. They got valuable tea. Right, RTFM, Josie. Shut up about the tea. Yeah. <laughs>
uh, <laughs> I don't know. For me, my RTFM is probably just, it, it tends to be the common thing. You know, clients, please get me the stuff that I need on time. It, it's it's a recurring theme right now. I'm, I'm wondering it's, if it's because of the fact that it is the summer and people are, I, I turn into a snail in heat for myself. It's more or less, I just, it's like, actually I'm more of a sloth. It's just like, uh, I guess I'll do that. It's way too hot. I'll just sit right here. You know, I don't know whether they're just slacking off on that or if it's a holiday thing, but yeah, just get me the work that I have asked you for. Clients have got their own thing going on. That's the only excuse for it. I'm not saying that I, they I shouldn't know, be getting your stuff, but. I'm sorry, they should completely revolve their life around my needs to help them. I mean, this when you come to me, no, I'm just joking. Empathy <laughs> lessons. We'll get you some empathy lessons, Josie. So, Simon, do you have anything to whinge about, to mourn about? Obviously, oh, uh, disclaimers HMRC. in place. Oh, God. <laughs> An accountant whinging about the HMRC. No. The tax man. Oh, gosh, today I was trying to file a form and... A client had a company car, which I advised them not to have, but they still insist on having one. And the whole logic of, of going round and round in circles, you can't file this form because you have, you know, you can't say that that figure is naught. It's got to be greater than one, but they've not had any petrol. So it will be naught. Oh, it's just went round and round and I was getting more and more livid. And uh, uh, I remember my staff who was in said, that's your RTFM, that. <laughs> Sorry, you can't fill in form IR982 because you need to fill in form SR7 first. But previous to that, you have to fill in the grey part of form 65D. What? And that is... Oh, your God. grandparents to sign the form, please. Yes, but, okay. and, but you can only sign it on a Wednesday when all the ducks are on the pond. You know what? It's the Vorgans. Or, you know, the, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxies, there, you know, which form we have to go chase after the the president of the United States for kidnapping. Do you have the correct form? Like, bureaucracy, it's a thing. Uh, red D tape, it's a thing. Douglas my recommendation, Adams died too young. Screw that. My, my recommendation is if you do anything or have to deal with anything like that, hire someone who looks at it and goes, I like doing this. Do you like you? doing that, Simon? Do you like filling all those forms in? You knew what you were signing Actually, up for, though, didn't you? that's a really good question. Do you like being an accountant? I do like being an accountant. I don't like the um, the way you can't communicate with HMRC, but when you do get through perhaps on a phone or whatever, half the people who I speak to are really helpful and really nice. Half mm. them are. But when I was getting stuck on this form because the logic wasn't working, I spent a minute and a half trying to get through until they said, we're busy, and they cut the line. I've had that before at HMRC. I've rang them up only a few times, and it's been for very specific things, like there was something around IR35. I wanted to ask a question about it, um, and I rang them up, and they the first before they gave me any advice, they wanted to know my company name, they wanted to know my name, they wanted to know my address, they wanted to know absolutely everything. And it was like, what, are you going to put me on a list now for, for a tax investigation or something, you know? It's... Uh, I'm, I'm, you already have, are on a list. I know I am. Yeah. Well, I have to be because um, if I go through an agency, they have to report me to mm. to HMRC as a part yep. of their business. I can't remember the name of it now, but they have to report all of their contractors to, to HMRC. Happy days. Yeah. Well, yes. So we are now at the end of our show. A massive thank you to the E-Crew today from our <laughs> chat. El Gordino, Ethrical, and Vina. <laughs> E, e, e. Um, but yes, thank you so much for joining us live on chat. And thank you to everybody who is listening on the podcast in the future. Um, do come visit our website, www.dnistream.live. You can find links to our past episodes, all of our social media channels, and more. You can also use our website to contact us for any reason at all. Um, give us feedback. Let us know what we can do to improve. Let us know what topics you want to know. If we missed your questions this time, or you have questions while you're listening to this and you want us to pull Simon back in and ask him about, you know, how do you claim back those fuzzy bunny slippers that you got for yourself? Like, just get in touch with us so that we can make certain to have more questions for him. And yeah, you can even get in touch to be a guest on our show. 
You don't have to be perfect like Chris or an expert in a field like Simon. You could come in and just talk about your dev process. Or you could talk about being a freelancer. We have definitely opened up the door on the freelancer side of things. Indeed, yes. Next week's show will also be freelancers as well. So yeah, our marketing team have got involved with our GitHub account. And finally, they changed it, made us change it to forward slash DNI stream. So github.com forward slash DNI stream. Uh, which is ubiquitous with the rest of our all our URLs and account names and everything. So you can get on there. We've got an issue board that's linked to our Discord channel now. You can use it to tell us about an issue with the website, which of there are many. Uh, we are in the process. In fact, are we going to tell people, Josie? I think it is worth dropping the bomb. So tomorrow we're going to do a live stream of jo- me um, doing some development and getting Josie involved in it as well. Now, Josie doesn't have much Angular and .NET experience. So tomorrow I'm going to do a bit of training, give her a bit of help, show her how to and do some changes so she can pull a finger out and help me with the website. Yeah. So, we, yes, we're going to work on the website a bit tomorrow. So do, do please, if you're around, get on the stream. Um, we'll be going through uh, issues and trying to figure out what we need to do or what we can fit in with a few hours. We're going to release version 1.3 of the website as well, hopefully live. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking, quite looking forward to that, actually. It should be a good day. Um, so we actively encourage uh, members of our community to get involved with the website as well. Come on, learn doc, not .NET Core, learn Angular, learn REST, uh, get involved with Docker, all kinds of stuff that's on there. Yep, and keep your eyes on our Twitter account, D- at DNI Stream. As we said, we're now ubiquitously, ubiquitous. Uh, ubiqui- we're, we're alike all over the place now. Wow, I've practiced I like- that word all day. Um, And you can also come hang out in our Discord channel for Dev and Geek Chat. Now, because of the power of the beard of Chris, we actually have easy to remember URLs. You can get to Discord with discord.dnistream.live. You can get to our YouTube with youtube.dnistream.live. Yeah, and we might even... beard is magical. I might even add more to that because it's dead easy now. In fact, if you need to know how to do that with NGNIX... Nginx? Nginx? Nginx. Everyone calls it. I I, I never pronounce things right. Never you pronounce never pronounce it the way the rest of the herd does, Chris. No. You can go again onto our github.com forward slash DNI stream repository and uh, look at the config files, uh, how I've done it. Um, so yes, thanks thanks to Josie's undying hard work. The podcast is now available everywhere, absolutely everywhere in the sun. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castro, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Lots of casts there. And last but not least, Simon, have you enjoyed yourself today? I've loved every minute of it. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Well, I've I've actually I, I I'm hoping the listeners have enjoyed it as much as me because I, as I said, not an accountancy geek, but I really do invest myself in the accountancy side of my business you know i care about it and i want to make sure i do it right and although i get annoyed by all these taxes everybody gets annoyed by taxes and they always increase i want to do it so i don't get in trouble in the future you know and i'm sure at one one point in my life i will get an investigation it will stress the hell out of me even though i feel like i do everything you know by the book um so yes if you have you got that's um, ominous it's, that is so <laughs> ominous it is, it's it's just it's one of those things isn't it at some point you will get yeah. probably get some kind of investigation no matter how because you're you said you're on a list you'll get randomly chosen one day or something yeah. you know um so yes yeah, last but not least uh well i i am yeah, again covered but I'm not not sure if that'll help the stress uh, if, if it ever does happen um so yes do you have a website Business, anything like that you want to pimp before we go? Uh, the business website is uh, www.aysgarthaccountants.co.uk. That's A-Y-S-G-A-R-T-H. Um, my Twitter account is Simon Accountants. Um, there is an at AysgarthCA Twitter account as well. You know, happy to talk to anybody and, you know, get in touch if you've got any questions that we haven't dealt with. And he's and he's active as well on Twitter and LinkedIn. He is, so get he involved, is get involved. Very, very, very active. It's actually how I found him. Mm. I found him through Twitter. I mentioned that I was looking for accountants and leads and I was having frustration finding ones that would do what I wanted to do or have them call me back because there's nothing worse than trying to reach an accountant to say, I'd like to hire you and they don't return your calls or your emails or something like that. And he was right there from the get go. I, I, he must he he's a good boy he must be doing his marketing right you know look for leads look for accountant mm. when that shows send tweet but no yeah he's very active 
And he also uh, posts a lot of things about, you know, local businesses as well, things that are happening in the community, along with government changes for taxes and stuff like that. So if it's it's a wealth of information is really what it comes down to. Thank you very much. There's your answer earlier, El, El Gordino. Look, at, uh, sign up to Simon's Twitter account if you want free uh, accountancy <laughs> advice. Yes. It, may, it may not be tailored to your particular business, but get, in, get involved with that. Okay, so yeah. thank you very much, everybody, yeah. and we shall say goodbye for the week, and uh, next week we're here with uh, another freelancer. Is it next week? Yeah, next yes. uh, we're going to continue our freelancer uh, uh, fired episode, aren't we, and what to do when you get fired. We're going to do part two of that. I think that's next yes, week's we are. episode. And as a reminder, tomorrow we'll be streaming live. Yes. Again. Well, for those of you who are listening to this, because it's gone out on our podcast today, we're streaming live. For those of you who are actually here live tomorrow, we're streaming live. And um, we, yes. we might put it on YouTube. We might do. We'll see how we feel. We might. We're, we're looking at things. Yeah. Yes. And right, we so hope to see you all next week, 7 p.m. Thank you very much and see same you. Bye. Time, same bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.